This is Masonic Muscle, and this is an exercise in speculation, critical thinking, and the pursuit of knowledge, strengthening your body, mind, and soul. Question everything. If you've liked what you've heard so far in these first 30 episodes, this is the 30th one, then subscribe to this podcast, Masonic Muscle, at Spotify, iTunes, there's a couple other formats. I don't know. I got to write those down. I guess that'll be helpful. Share it with others who you believe will benefit from it, who will like it. And give me a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. Also, if you have questions, if there are things you want to hear about, write to me at MasonicMuscle357 at gmail.com. As I continue to develop this and evolve this, I will continue to add little wrinkles here and there. So stay tuned. All right. Today, I want to send out, today is October 11th. I want to send out a very, very happy birthday to my wife, Maya. I'm not going to say how old she is because women don't like that. But I will say that we'll have a good time tonight. I don't know what we're going to do. Actually, I do. I just haven't run it by her. And hopefully we'll have a good, healthy one. Friends and family. All right. So last episode, I introduced uh, to some of you Brooks Kubik and his dinosaur training, the book, right? And his methodologies, his, his ideas. The book came out in 1996. Uh, what really attracted me to this, uh, to his message was that he said what was missing from most weight training methods was effort, dedication perseverance, concentration, determination, mental toughness, and a hard-nosed attitude. And when I was going to the gym way back, talking like in 2000, uh, I would go to, I had a, I had a uh, membership over there at 24-Hour Fitness, and that's what I would see. I would see people weightlifting, and they weren't really weightlifting. They were just there to spend the hour or two, you know, maybe buy a milkshake, maybe buy a power drink. Uh, this is uh, before they, they uh, banned Fedra, you know, because people were getting hyped up. I was too. I can't remember the name of the drink, but I had this eagle with its wings spread out and I would drink it a half an hour before I would start weightlifting. And let me tell you, uh, I didn't realize it as much as I read, you know, you would think, Hey, well, you're going to read the back, see what's in there. I just knew that I got hyped up and that I was weightlifting stuff that I shouldn't have been weightlifting. I never got hurt, but that was during that time. And there was never overall, I would say 80% or more, they didn't have that effort. They didn't have that dedication, the perseverance, concentration, determination, mental toughness, and just the raw effort, the, you know, the hard-nosed attitude. Now, Stuart McRobert, in his book, Braun, which I believe I also mentioned, said the same thing. He said that for all those genetically average people who don't take steroids, who don't want to take steroids, and want to put more muscle on their little frame, rarely are told what it's going to take. And it's going to take the effort dedication, perseverance, concentration, 
determination, mental toughness. And just when you go in there, you just, I mean, look at C.T. Fletcher. Look at these guys uh, uh, lately, Iron Wolf and uh, Burpees King. These guys have been just going at it. They're just determined. They're consistent. And they're going at it almost every single day. Almost every single day. And Dorian Yates and people like that that are coming up now maybe have a podcast or come out on podcast or YouTube interviews. You, you hear this, the same mantra, right? That you got to put in the effort. My question is, because this is Masonic muscle, why aren't more Masons told this about what it will take before you become a member and especially after you join and want to help the lodge become even better? If you can build tremendous strength and more muscle using these so-called lost secrets of weightlifting, which is the simple truth that everybody knows, we know it in the, we know it at the bottom of our heart, of our heart. We know that you're going to have to be, if you begin to exercise, you're going to have to stay consistent. You're going to have to begin to combine better nutritional habits, add the sleep and rest, drink plenty of water and do it consistently and stay focused on it. Instead, you want the magic pill. There is no magic pill. Jacqueline said it all the time. And so when it comes to masonry, why there, it just takes effort, perseverance, determination, mental toughness, concentration, commitment, get better. Why do they continue to delude themselves into believing that if they find that little gimmicky whatever, I'm talking about lodges, but also in the exercise realm, in the health and fitness realm, if they find that little gimmicky whatever, then their lodges will fill up and everyone will want to join. This is not true because as soon as the members join and they happen to go and, and finally enter the Sanctum Sanctorum, they're going to see through all the BS and they're going to say, oh, it was never about that. Instead of them seeing, oh man, these guys are about it. They are really focused. They do uh, what they said they're going to do. And so it's consistent effort. And, you know, the Sanctum Sanctorum has their five, you know, main officers, executive committee, and, and they really are about it. Freemasonry does have a lot to teach. And there are way more pros than cons. But until more Masons begin to adopt the work ethics of the real medieval stonemasons, then we will continue to flounder. Because the stonemasons, actual stonemasons built the cathedrals, not theories and ideas sitting around just talking. Eventually, they got out and took action and they built what we see even today. Now, Stuart McRobert, the magazine that I was talking about was called The Hard Gainer and was chock full of these articles. They were, it was awesome. They came in from all over the world, from average people who told their story about an abbreviated routine that they have used that worked. There was all kinds of variations. 
uh, here in the dungeon in the garage we use our variation is um, our main our main work is the trap bar deadlift that's to work out our legs but actually because of the trap bar and how you have to step inside of it and then use your hands and your arms to lift it along with your legs you're actually working out 70 percent of your body's musculature in one movement and so you're putting your whole body through this work which is awesome and then after that we do a pushing movement and a pulling movement and that's it uh, when we're done with that if we have enough time which most of the times we do we like to work out the one muscle that everybody fails to work out which is cardiovascular which is your heart and how we do it is we finish it off with burpees and we try to get as many as we can awesome does it hurt yeah uh, are you going to struggle yeah will you get better yes you will so these stories continue to come in and they were about these abbreviated training routines and and it, these abbreviated training routines got them extraordinary results even though they had average genetics most of the time um this was discovered by accident they were either too busy or did not have a lot of time to dedicate to the gym so they would weight lift you know maybe that once you know once a week and a lot of these stories have to do with them they you know they had a basement and they bought like a bench set basic right so all they could really do was squats bench press maybe some rows and again because they were so busy they just they just weight lifted once a week maybe twice and that second time was like more of a only only one of those two times was intense the other time was just to keep the flow going and they noticed that they began to get not only stronger, but they began to build a lot of muscle using this very, very abbreviated routine. And in their excitement, they imagined that if they got more, you know, they got more results from just one, maybe twice a week, than if they weight lifted four or five times a week, they would double or triple their results. So, you know, they, they began to fix their schedule and, you know, oh, I'll make more time now. And when they finally made the time and hit the gym, all, you know, the more for more days. What they found was that their gains began to go away. No matter what they tried. It just didn't work. They eventually quit in frustration. It like reversed on them and some of them even got sick. They were overtraining. They were overtraining. The body can only take one maybe two days of heavy intense weight training a week that's it now unless you're the genetically gifted or you have enough money and you want to experiment on steroids which i don't recommend you know, that's how you're going to be able to recover after your one intense weight training for the week and maybe twice then you need to eat well need to drink a lot of water and rest, you know, take vitamins, eat your greens, those types of things. If you are not gaining, then you have violated one of these three principles. So the theory goes, according to Stuart McRobert, 
and a lot of the advocates of abbreviated training routines, which for a lot of us fits into our busy schedules, right? But a lot of you bastards now, you guys aren't working. And if you are, I'm glad you are. God bless you. And I hope you keep your jobs. But a lot of you are at home now. Get your ass in the gym. Get stronger. Take control of your fitness and your mental health and help others do the same. At the core of these routines are the squats, deadlifts, trap bar deadlifts, bodyweight squats. And when you do bodyweight squats because you have no gym equipment, you would have to do massive repetitions, right? You're going to build up. Like the Hindu wrestlers, they began to build up into thousands of repetitions every day. That's what you do. You must work your two pillars and sculpt them. I've said this time and time again. The old-time strongmen, they love that. They love to work the squatting and the deadlifting because they believe that that was the true measure of your strength. These little rinky-dink barbell curls and, you know, your little hammer curls or whatever, they didn't, they didn't care about that. They wanted to measure real strength and fitness. And as you work your legs, your body begins to release testosterone. That's good for us, for us men, which helps the body grow and recover. For men, this is great news. Like I just said, work your two pillars, brethren. Work your two pillars. Stop being afraid. Stop making excuses. I just had knee surgery and there's a lot of pain inside the knee. But I, I know these principles and I'm going to work through it and I'm going to continue to work my pillars, my two pillars. And speaking of two pillars, Freemasonry, two pillars. Last week, I mentioned Anderson's Constitution. This is one of the foundational documents of Freemasonry. And it, what I mentioned in there was some eye popping, some strange eye popping things, right? Uh, they were that Adam must have had the liberal arts implanted in his heart, but especially geometry. This is how the legend starts in the constitutions. It also says that Cain was taught by his father, Adam, these sciences and became the prince of one half of mankind. Seth was also taught these sciences by his father and was prince of the other half of mankind. Seth was the one who more successfully propagated the craft. What the hell does all this mean? So as one studies this Masonic foundational document, which all you Masons out there get a copy of Anderson's Constitutions and begin to read through it. It's going to sound strange because it was written in 1723 and then I believe it was revised a few years later, and you can tell the differences in the revision. Um, study it. And you're going to read that Seth was Adam's third son. We know that three is an important part of Freemasonry. And this was way before the three-degree system came about in England, right? Because when Freemasonry started, it made it, you know, it was announced as a thing in 1717 or maybe not, but, you know, four, 
older lodges. There was more than four, by the way, from my understanding. But but for the meantime, we'll go with four. Four older lodges got together in England and they decided to form the Grand Lodge. And at that time, there was only one ceremony to make you a Mason. That was it. One ceremony. But that one ceremony, from our understanding, had elements of all three degrees. And then somehow the three degree system was created. And I believe in 1738 was when it was finally finalized. Hey, we, we have three degrees now, first, second, third degree. But there was one time where it was just one degree. But here we are. Adam is Seth's third son. And it says in, the, in our constitutions that, that Seth was the one who more successfully propagated the craft. Not Cain, not anybody else, Seth. And it also says that Seth was a prime cultivator of astronomy. So Seth, when he learned this, the science, these liberal arts and sciences from his father, Adam, he focused on astronomy, geometry, and masonry. There's the three again. This is considered by many to be the part of the sacred knowledge held by the order of Freemasonry. And this knowledge, according to the legend found in Anderson's constitutions, was inscribed on two pillars, one made to withstand flame, the other to withstand flood. The knowledge is therefore preserved through God's purification of the earth. The two pillar symbolism now is strong within the craft. And it represents many things to many people. But if you're reading Anderson's Constitution, you get a glimpse. And these, obviously, these ideas were, were, were circulating. They, they, they were floating around during that time. Anderson just didn't concoct them out of his imagination. He had a lot of documents to draw from. And then he began to write the constitutions, right, which were the old charges. I was trying to come up with that name the last time. They were called charges. So when a mason was made, the ceremony that was conducted they didn't have the Bible, as Masons do now, to take your obligations on, or the volume of the sacred law, depending on what country you're in. And they didn't have that. What they had were these charges, these ancient charges, and they would be read to you after your initiation. But during your initiation, as you took your oath, your obligation, you put your hands on these sacred documents, which were the charges of the Freemasons and Anderson, before he wrote the constitutions, he gathered as many of these charges he could. And as you can remember last week, I had mentioned that when some brothers heard about this meeting or the request to bring these documents in, bring your documents, bring your charges, I want to read them. Uh, they, they didn't like it and they went back and destroyed them. But they talked about the two pillars. And if you read the Hiram Key by Christopher Knight and Robert Lomas, they take this symbolism all the way back to the very first civilization on the planet, the Sumerian Empire. And there's all kinds of two-pillar symbolism, strength, stability, what have you, right? Which is, if you're working out your two pillars, your legs, it's strength and stability. We now know that Gobleki Tepe is the oldest evidence of high civilization on the planet. And archaeologists, some of them conservatively, 
a lot of them suspect and believe that it is older, but they conservatively age it at around 12,000 BC. Why do I bring this up? Because as they began to excavate Gobleki Tepe, which is in uh, Turkey, evidence of high civil, uh, as, as they began, I'm sorry, as they began to excavate it, they found massive stone structures among them. And among them were stone pillars with animals engraved on them. This pillar symbolism is far older than what we think. And as far as I understand right now, Gobleki Tepe is being considered to be the oldest, and they're not saying the first, but the oldest spiritual center on the planet. Why do they call it a spiritual center? Because there is no evidence that people actually live there where like on the outcrops, you know, they, they found uh, uh, places where they were planting food, they were agrarian, they were hunter gatherers. There, there's no evidence of any of that. There's, but we do know that it was buried for whatever reason it was buried. Why isn't this being put out there for us, for our consumption, so that we can begin to download that information into our little lizard brains and begin to understand and connect the dots for ourselves? The two pillar symbolism is thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And how Freemasonry came about it, it's, it's written in, in a lot of the legends and a lot of documents, but how they got them, I mean, from the Old Testament. And if you go to the Old Testament, then what does that mean? Well, now you got to study the Israelites and who they were in contact with. Uh, you know, they were captive uh, in Babylon, you know, for 400 years or whatever, 500 years. So they learned from them. And then who did they learn from? And on and on and on. So this idea goes back further. And we'll continue to explore the mysterious origins and symbolism and history of Freemasonry in this manner. While we encourage you to get in shape, take control of your fitness, stay strong, take care of your health, eat well, exercise, spend time with your family, friends, relatives, and neighbors. Stick together, stay united, think for yourself, investigate things. The internet is there. This, this, is, this game is wide open, but if you just depend on one or two sources of information, you're going to be easily misled. Use all the tools available to you. In Freemasonry, we are introduced to the seven liberal arts and sciences, which is telling us to learn as much as you can about everything so that you can begin to train your little lizard brain so that it can begin to function and increase your critical thinking skills. This is Masonic Muscle, and this has been an exercise in speculation, critical thinking, and the pursuit of knowledge, strengthening your body, mind, and soul. Question everything.